Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode three, I interview Brisbane runner, Louis McAfee. Louis's been competing in the running scene since 2014, after graduating from school in 2013. In 2014, Louis moved over to Boise State University for three years to progress his running career. From there, he returned to Brisbane and commenced training with the Gold Coast Runco, a highly successful running group and business founded by Jackson Elliott at the end of 2017. Louis' results include a third place at City to Surf in 2019 and second place at Bridge to Brisbane in 2021, along with many other successful results of fun runs around the country, particularly in Southeast Queensland. As always, sit back, relax and enjoy hearing from Louis as he opens up not only about his running, but also his emotional and mental challenges with the sport. Hey, Ellie. Hey, man, how are you? Good, sorry, I'll just, uh... there we go. Oh, fantastic. How you going? With yourself? Yeah, good. Oh, you've got the old on training shirt on. Yeah, that's it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's on running, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, on running. Thank How you doing? You. Yeah, good. How's your holidays been? Not too bad, mate. Yeah, halfway through it. And um, I had COVID actually in the second last week. So I missed the last two weeks. Oh, right. And then Churchy, <laughs> Churchy said, actually, on my sixth day, which was in the middle of the 10th week last week, Yep. They basically say you need a negative test to come back. So right. I tested positive. I think it's my seventh day was Tuesday of week 10. I tested positive all the way through to Friday, no, Thursday, Arvo. Right. So that was the last regular day. Then we had as many um, GPS schools do the, the PD on the Friday. Yeah. Um, but coincidentally, we had the cross-country camp. Um, so I wasn't too annoyed about missing the PD day, but I actually tested negative Thursday Arvo, um, before then heading to the cross country camp for three days, which was a, yeah, for someone who enjoys running and coaching a good way to kick off the break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been really fun. Yeah. And yourself? Yeah, not much. I just, uh, I went down to Sydney on, um, the Friday night to do nationals and that was, um, pretty rubbish race but um yeah and then i just been here we had a cross-country camp it was just like a couple of day um a day camp so yeah we went to the coast for the first one and then um second day we're at limestone so okay crazy yeah oh good so was that an overnight thing or just two days uh um no it was a day camp yeah so yeah we just did like seven till four and then um everyone went home and then seven till four the next oh day. excellent hey mate i wanted to um i wanted to settle something because i just had a had a memory of listening to i think it was inside running podcast either was that or that that spin-off one that you've got um with those guys about there's some argument about your name i think it was oh, brady yeah. Brady referring to you in the wrong way or something like that. Like, were you were you born Lewis? Nah, Louis. So yeah. Oh, it is. So it's spelt with an S, but it is actually Louis. Yeah. 
So yeah. what's what's the background then? Isn't that like a like a French kind of a thing? Yeah, my mum just thought it was a cool name. So yeah, there's no no background. <laughs> um, as she saw it, yeah, I guess she would have seen it um, as King Louis, which was the French guy back in there. When was it? 14th century, 15th century. There are a couple of kings. Um, so she just spelt it like they did. Um, but yeah, I get questioned on it all the time. Oh, <laughs> it must actually, be frustrating, hey? Yeah, only until the <laughs> royal baby came. Um, his name is Louis. And so now started people have started to get around it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, no. But um, yeah, I've known of you for a very long time. And, and like I'll get a number of obviously runners on here that I would have known of or spoken about or follow. Um, and obviously every relationship's different uh, with that. But, um, mate, a funny story for you. I used to work at Rainbow Valley State High School from 2015 to 2019, but there was a bloke there called Daryl Tesh. Does that ring a bell? Uh, is, his, is his son named Ben? Oh, you're testing my memory there. I know he's, yeah, I know he's got a – actually, no, yeah, that's right. He did have a son, I think, a similar age to you because he was an older teacher. Yeah, yeah, that would have been Ben Tesh. His, um, he was really good my age. Yeah, only through school then, was it? And did he did he yeah. sort of give it up afterwards? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I used to talk about, um, as we often do as runners, talk about what we do outside of school. Um, and it's always hard to describe the level you run at, particularly like someone like me who's like well above the average, but... I'm not, not, obviously nowhere near yourself. So Daryl Tesh would often, he just, he just assumed that like we're a similar standard. He's, and he, yeah. it basically started by him asking me, oh, you know, Louis McAfee, basically. <laughs> and I remember just saying, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I know him. But I think he kind of thought we were mates or running together and stuff, which, um, yeah, I didn't, didn't um, hold back on. That, that kind of sounded <laughs> okay for my reputation. But, um, yeah, that was like... Yeah, that would have been pretty much 2015. But I know you finished school at about 2012, yeah? Uh, 2013, yep. 2013. Yeah, so you're, you've been around sort of 10 years on the running scene since then. And, yeah, I, re I recall being in a few races in the early days, um, yeah, knowing of you and seeing you in, in runs and obviously winning a, a few and that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean... Like where after school, was there any any smaller races that got you on like the, the bug for, for fun runs even before you kind of became semi-professional? Uh, well, I went to college um, in America for three years. So I, um, after school, I in 2013, I um, got a scholarship over there in 2014. Oh, sorry. Your girlfriend's just giving me a coffee. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went over there and, um, you know, like the resources and facilities over there are pretty amazing. So um, that's where I guess I caught the running bug. And um, so it would have started over there. Like I knew nothing really of the running scene um, before I left. I was pretty oblivious to it all. Um, but yeah, so Jack Curran and I went over there when I finished school. Um, yeah. And 
like it, yeah you just get really immersed in in running over there it's a really overwhelming sort of environment that you're in um but it it was awesome oh that's fantastic yeah we will get to that i do know you went to america i just didn't know so that was immediately after school basically well the next year after in 2014 then yeah so august of 2014 yeah, yeah okay yeah so yeah, basically, I want to just run through a few things about um, you as a person and a runner and that kind of thing first. And then, yeah, just kind of hear your story from, from where it all started uh, for you up until this very point as, as now a guy um, in his late 20s and, and probably in arguably, yeah, this period of your life being uh, possibly the, the best area to really succeed in your running. So um, we'll get there shortly. Um, so like you mentioned, it was 2013, you finished school at Churchy. I know we've had, we've had one Churchy old boy on here, Kai Robinson. So now two of three interviews are Churchy orientated. So I don't want to send the wrong message to everyone that I'm just going to interview the whole Churchy, but I think you'd agree. I'd run out at about, we've done pretty well from Churchy old boys, but we'd probably run out after about a handful. I can think of like Brucey, Curran, you, Kai Robinson, um, anyone I miss. Um, there, there was a really good pedigree um, before me. So Fraser Koss, he was a 800 meter runner. Um, yeah. I think he went to World Juniors. Um, Quee Ju was yeah. a really good 800 meter runner. Um, Jane Russ went to Churchy. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, been, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's been. I mean, John Chandler was probably the best out of all of us. He went to Com Games, I think. Um, yeah, and no, I've heard John Chandler. Yeah, a bit older though, isn't he? Yeah, probably the nineties he finished. But um, yeah, it's been a really good running school. Oh yeah, despite uh, you know in the last ten years of cross country performance, I've probably been below um, a lot of the hopefulness from the coaches that have been there. Um, so yeah, you finished your teaching degree. Was that last year or year before? Yeah, last year, November last year. Yeah, and you were you studying at UQ or QT? Yeah, UQ. Yeah, and then then you've got a job at uh, Gregory Terrace in Brisbane this year. Yeah, I uh, was lucky enough last year. I thought I was going to get a job at um, TSS, but yeah, uh, things just didn't work out that way. And um, the deputy at, at Terrace gave me a job, which is really good of him. Oh, it's, it's, um, yeah, you've done super well there. I know you're, you're a bit older to start teaching. Like you can start teaching basically when you're 22, but, um, to be there in your first year is great. And, and yeah, you'll obviously be a, a great asset for athletics and cross country going forward. Um, yeah, so that's the study and work kind of things. What about outside of that? I've just seen your girlfriend pass you a coffee. You know, you're not <laughs> engaged or married or anything yet. Hey. No, no, we just moved in together this year, actually. So it's yeah. been a bit of an adjustment, but um, I'm pretty sure it's just an adjustment on her behalf, trying to get used to me. Um, but yeah, we we moved um, obviously from the coast up to Brisbane and just did a place at West End, which is, um, it's been awesome for the last couple of months. Um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And that's that, a unit? Is that a unit or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Number dad lives in West End. He's had a unit there for a while. Um, you may or may not know, but he's been a runner for a long time too. He's in his sixties now and still kicking along pretty well, but yeah, he's, he yeah. loves living there and just, he's basically on Riverside drive. 
so he can duck out pretty oh, quickly yeah. and and jump out there for runners. Jo- joined a group there actually recently. Um, the Watts Athletics Club, I think they're called, run by Charlotte yeah, Watts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else, mate? You got, have you got a dog or anything? No, no pets. Uh, that's in contention at the moment. So my my girlfriend's um, works for an American company. She's American, so um, she's away probably every month. And so she she bought it up the other day. We should get a dog. And I was like, I'm not looking after it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So I don't know. I might come around to the idea if I see a cute one, but uh, no pets as of now. Oh, it's definitely a big step up a dog and then yeah try having a kid mate that's next oh, no. yeah we're, we're a bit off that which is yeah. uh, i don't think yeah. we've even talked about it so that's uh yeah, probably a good thing for now yeah that was seven years ago i was your age are you 28 or 27 this year 26. if you don't mind sharing that no no that's all right 26 20 you're turning 26 this year yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always forget, I like, yeah, yeah still fairly young. But, yeah, there's such there's so many really young new guys on the running scene, so often you can feel a bit older. I feel old, um, yeah. So you're a similar age to, like, um, Stewie McSwain and Jack Rayner and stuff, eh? Hey? Yeah, so Stewie and Jack are a year older than me. Yep. Ah, yep. well, no wonder you're just as fast as them, mate. Yeah, nowhere near it, but yeah, no. uh, they're running really well. Yeah, so let's get to your running events. Um, you you generally run five and ten k's, don't you? And you have I know you've run shorter and longer than that. And I reckon longer term, you might disagree, but I'd I'd love to see you work towards the half marathon. Um, and I would you agree your ten k's the one you enjoy the most and are working towards in your training? Uh, yeah, it's probably been geared towards that over the um, last maybe two years. But um, I did a build up for the Gold Coast last year, like the marathon. Um, and oh, got, yes. Yeah. Yeah, got three days out and then they cancelled it. Um, so That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, um, I went back and forth um, whether or not I was going to do Melbourne. Um, and I just just lost a bit of motivation and... Um, when we had all those lockdowns and it got um, cancelled or postponed again, I was a little bit um, like toing and froing whether I'd go and end up didn't go. So yesterday started my um, day one um, to the build up to Gold Coast Mara. So oh well, wow. awesome. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Let's get to that shortly and remind me if we don't because I've got a pretty big agenda. Um, so you've done, yeah, you've done 815, like considering yep. that you are stronger at the longer events, the times aren't too bad. Like I've got a, if these are correct from the world athletics profile that, um, you've got 155, 800, is that right? Yeah. Around about that. Yeah. Um, 346, 81, 1500, like that's moving, but again, it's not, you know, you need to sort of be mid three thirties this day and age in Australia, don't you? And professionally to on the world scene to make it. Um, so definitely some speed there, which has helped obviously for longer events, um, 8, 10, 3K, 13, 49, 5K. I'm going to ask you which one you think is the best, mate. So just I'm just going to remind you of your times. You might be someone that knows them 
particularly or not. Yeah. I don't know how you operate, but 2851, 10,000, steeplechase 3,910, 5K on the road, 410, 10K on the road, 2950. And uh, I'll have to ask you about this event, a 12K <laughs> in Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 3502 and then the half in 2019, uh, 104.14 at the sunny coast, which I haven't done, but I believe there's you run over that hill, don't you, from Lulba to Alex? Yeah, I actually think the hill helps you in that course because yeah. it's early on in the race and it get, sort of gets you moving yeah. quickly. Um, and then it breaks the rhythm up. I always find that Gold Coast race running just. 10k out 10k back your rhythm like it's just so hard i don't know it's just the way i think of it at least it breaks it up and you go around some turns at the sunny coast whereas gold coast is just straight out straight back yeah some some don't enjoy that i don't mind it i've learned i've learned to enjoy it. i didn't used to um and i but I, again i haven't done sunny coast so i couldn't compare it i have done obviously runs training runs and races over hills particularly at the start like bridge to brisbane for example it's almost like it shocks and warm-ups your legs and then it's like the the flats and straights then feel very easy i don't know yeah. what that is to that but um that's yeah. the only thing i can think of yeah just good to get different stimulus in your legs i think but yeah i don't know the science behind it i'm not <laughs> very good with that yeah. Um, so mate, I'm gonna pick first. You can you can pick after me, but I'm gonna say that half marathon looked to me it like by the fact you haven't done many of them, um, looks amazing. But for me, it's the five thousand, I reckon, is the strongest. What do you think? Yeah, I was pretty happy with that and the race that I did it in, I was um pretty happy with. Um so that yeah, probably the five K. Um the 10K I was really happy with, but I was sort of outshined by a lot of other people in that <laughs> um, in that race. So oh yeah, 28.51. So we're talking um, yeah. Generally, when when you refer to a track, you mention it in meters, don't you? And in k's for the road. So this is a 5,000, 10,000 we're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was a Box Hill race, which um, for those who follow running would know the you know the strong tradition at Box Hill be running 28.51 like yeah it's it's definitely definitely up there where would that where would that time rank you so, to speak? Race. so it was that was all Aussie, that, all Aussies though yeah so yep. it was the year that Stewie broke the um Australian record and then Pat got second oh, yeah. and Pat yeah. sort of got him towards it and then Stewie kicked it down um and so many people ran quick so it was yeah, like I was probably the um, one off the main group. And if I was in that main group, then I could have been anywhere from fourth to 10th. But then, yeah, I just lost touch with them in the last 3K. And um, that was the end of that one. <laughs> oh, it's, it must be so hard for you being right on the cusp of, if we'd be honest, like right at the top of Australian running. And I'm talking specifically in a race where you've got to literally make the decision, do I go with the front pack and sit on the back and more than likely die and then be in no man's land or kind of like sit sit behind the front of the second pack or lead out the second pack? 
Yeah, my racing style definitely changes from track to road. Like yeah. um, on the road, I, I feel like, and uh, my training partner, Tim, is very much the same as we enjoy the road. So we're at the front and we're hammering the front of the pack because we know we can be there. Whereas on the track, it's like something just comes over us where we just think, oh, they're way better than us. They're way faster than us. So we're just going to sit in. Whereas on the road, it's like, no, we can be there and we can hammer them. Um, so it's something that we've had to work on this track season. We probably didn't get it right this track season, but maybe next track season we can get yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you think there's something with that in that, like on a track, you've got a single lane, you know, you, you spread, I don't know how wide a lane is. I'd say about a meter. Like, you know, it's very cutthroat to overtake and pass runners, especially when there's a massive long train. And the challenge in a, on a track race is if a train's like 10 to 20 deep and you're all stacked up back to back covering, let's say, um, 30 metres, whatever it is, then, like, that's arguably harder to pass around than a road, which is obviously far wider and... And you have the ability when runners are spread out, you can kind of latch on to different runners. The packs might not always be so concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no tactics in road running, which is awesome. It's just go as hard as you can and then see who can last the longest. Um, whereas track running, everyone has their own tactics and, and some of them do work, but some of them just mess with you more than, um, more than you'd like it to. Like some people's tactics, I think, why did that get into my head when I was running in the, oh, like in the race, but yeah, it's, it's finding your groove on the track is I think a lot harder for me. Yeah. So you, I'm getting a vibe here that you prefer road running. Would that be the case? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah. I always have. I did my first um, road race was the Gold Coast 10. I think it was the year that I left to go to college. So 2014. And I'd never done any sort of road races, anything longer than 3K. And I did the 10K and I just, I loved it because of that exact reason. It's like you just go as hard as you can. And then when you pop, you pop, but that, that's on you. Yeah. And would you say that's do you reckon that's mainly applicable to those who aren't right up the top? Because those guys, you know, your you McSwain's and your Rainers, I know even Rainer, he he probably was more a roadrunner until a few years back, or was it in the last year? He ran some, well, he's 10K on the track, really. That yeah. Australian, um, he broke that record, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the track. Until that point, he was a roadrunner. But do you think, do you think because you tend to run more road races as um, a bit lower down from right at the top that maybe you just become used to them, you start to enjoy them and, and you're basically uh, working towards that? Yeah, and the good thing about running road in the winter is most of those guys are overseas. So <laughs> we don't really have to race against them, which uh, makes our, our road season a lot more wealthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what would you say then... If like in terms of a strength in your running, what would that be? Um, and this could range from mental to tactical to, to your strengths uh, physically. What, what do you kind of, what is reassuring for you going through your head when you're running in, as a strength? Yeah, I think because I've done it for so long, my mental strength is 
something that I draw on. So like I used to do a lot of work unknowingly about um, working on my mental strength. My dad was always really into it. Um, he came from a motorsport background. So everything was um, mindset driven and like in the F1, everything's mindset driven. So he would always pass on to me that um, everyone's got the same legs. It's just how you use them in the race. So, you know, since I was 13, 14, I was always thinking of ways to break people down. And um, I think that's been a strength of mine because if you look at me when I run, I'm not the, <laughs> not the easiest to look at when I am running. And I'm probably a fair bit heavier than other people which is you know it's not a bad thing in running anymore which is an awesome thing that I think has come a long way in the last five years but I don't make it look easy and I'm not <laughs> not going to sit here and say that I do but I think yeah um having that mental attitude of if I'm next to you and we're racing against each other I'm still going to try everything to break you so that's definitely been the strength of mine is just knowing that every time that I race, I'm going to go to the well. Oh, for sure. It's funny. Um, I was out for a jog this morning with a mate around Nudgy. We just did an easy hour. Um, actually, he's pretty quick now. He's, he started about three years ago and he's running a one sixteen half marrow now. Um, he's a bit quicker than I am. Um, but he was talking, we're talking about you. I was just sort of, telling him that I was going to interview you and he, he obviously knows of you. And then he said, yeah, that, um, yeah, that Louie guy, he's a, he's a bit stockier as a runner, <laughs> a bit bigger, isn't he? And I kind of had your back. I was saying to him, mate, like, yeah, but like, let's think of runners, runners in general, we're all like, he's super lean. Like there's no gut on him. He's like, <laughs> it's just your body type. And I mean, everyone, everyone running even to a degree has a different body type. Yeah, you're not like a, one of those absolute twigs. Like, um, you look at McSwain's legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you run, you run to your to your strengths. And um, I, I actually, I disagree with the running technique side of things. Maybe someone's told you different, but I don't know. There's something I actually like, and this is how much I'm into running. Obviously, I analyze everything, but I actually really like your running technique i've always thought when i've seen you running that you move well but yeah, thanks, <laughs> yeah. probably a few blokes uh, around you that been, yeah i mean my forward lean i used to get paid out of it which if, <laughs> back in the day it was pretty terrible like i'd pretty much be running on a slope yeah. so, like, <laughs> when i finish it'd be almost like i'm like falling over but i guess when you run as much as 150 160ks a week like whatever you um, are running at the end of those weeks is the way that you run. So, yeah, like I don't think running form really matters that much, but I think if you're getting injured, then it might matter. But, yeah, it hasn't mattered much to me. Yeah, I don't – I used to – when I used to coach, I used to think about how I could sort of mould and change running techniques – a lot, but I think it's a bit of a dangerous space to, to work in, to change techniques. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the, obviously the first and foremost is that you're physically conditioned, you're mentally strong, and then a few adjustments here and there. But um, yeah, so like for times aside though, uh, with your running, what, um, 
what runs, fun runs have you actually sort of won over the last sort of 10 years out of school? I was there for one of them very early on, a Moolabar Twilight on a Friday yeah. night as part of the triathlon, uh, Moolabar Triathlon weekend. I'm not sure if that's still on a Friday or if it's still happening, but... They changed it, it to a hot laps thing where it's like, yeah, they ruined it. Uh, it was so good. But, yeah, they changed it to this thing where you'd run for 30 minutes and they'd count how many laps you'd do. And the end of 30 minutes, um, the person who went the furthest wins. Oh, so, yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. I'm all about um, it being elite. So there was an elite race and then a fun run. And for years, I was never quick enough to be in the elite race, which... Um, is pretty lenient really in terms of elite elite. I think it was like sub 17 or 18 at the time. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And then I remember the year they actually changed it. They put both together and I was then quick enough to get into the elite race. I was like, <laughs> please give me something. Yeah. But I think that was the race where I've seen you. I remember passing you up the Alex Hill because basically you start from the hub and Moolabar up the hill and just over it. And then you come back over the hill because I believe the old course, they help you guys out. You, you kind of turn before the hill. Yeah. Another reason yeah. why I wanted to do it. But I remember you coming down the hill. I was sort of coming up at um, you in first place, but I thought it'd be Jack Curran yeah. coming over that <laughs> hill, but it was Louis McAfee. And there was a significant gap. I'm like, what's going on here, Jack? It must have been yeah. a couple hundred meters. And um you know, called out, you know, go Louie, go Jack, that kind of thing. But that, that must have been, I'm having a guess here, 2014-ish, 2015 maybe. But, yeah, that's a smaller yeah. race. What are, Or even placings in the big runs. How, how have you gone, mate, in the fun run scene? Um, I'm probably most proud of third at City to Sir. That was 2019. 2019 had a really good year of... Oh, I've um, noticed. Actually, I think I wrote <laughs> down here, you got six PBs three track and three roads in 2019 what's doing there yeah. 2019 massive year yeah I, just everything fell into place and i still talk about it and i'm still probably one of those old guys talking about how good 2019 was <laughs> well let's just hope i've got a feeling covid in 2020 2021 um has just put a bit of a insulate into you i've got yeah good feeling in the next few years bain so i'll keep your hopes up but let's yeah let's talk yeah. about those fun runs so city to surf third place yeah. there yep any others yeah. earlier on or um i've been second at that city to bay the 12k race which is an is pretty much adelaide's answer to oh that's the 12k <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a really good race for all those city to surf city to bay i think we had the city to south was it um yeah, city to south 14k yeah I, I love that race actually that had a that massive hill over highgate hill What'd yeah. you come in that? Uh, I never did it. I think I did the oh, 5K do it. when I was really young. Yeah. Um, and Brucey beat me in that. That was before we both went over to college, I think 2014. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jetty, Jetty, you've had a few yeah. successes there, haven't you? Yeah. So I won the half. No, I've never done the half. I've won the 10K there a yeah. couple of times. Yeah. Um, sunny Coast, I think I was second or third. What was I that day? The day that I ran 64, I think I was second or third. Um, but I think I was second because they told Jack Rayner to go the oh, wrong was way. That, that, that was that year. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I never was came second, right? but I, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did he actually finish the race and then he was told after he was DQ'd or was he taken off? The- uh, I think he was told at 18K and like it's a 3K race to the finish. So he may as well just finish it. So he yeah, finished and he got it a pretty solid that- time. Yeah. 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 And then. And you claim that right? That first? No, no, I, yeah. I think I was third. So Kev you beat Jack was... Rainer, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Kev Bat was second, and he um, technically won the Australian title. But I what's his name? We... I haven't heard of him. Kevin Bat. Kevin Bat. Yeah, he was. I haven't heard of him. Um, yeah, he went over to the US as well. He's yeah. a freak. Here in yeah. thirteen thirty, as a um, like a twenty-one-year-old. Maybe seven forty-eight for the three k. He's oh, he was the real deal. Um, but yeah, uh, what else? This is your time to um, brag, mate. Get him out. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot I of seconds and third. thirds. I want first, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've won uh, all these like oh, like um, mining towns put on their fun runs, and it's really it's really good to go up there. Like Mackay, I always go up to because. Um, yep. Yeah, the people up there are just so nice and um, they do a really good event up there, the Marina Run, um, which I'm going to go up to this year and I think a bunch of us Gold Coasters are going to go up there and um, they'll have us up there because they're just really nice people. But uh, apart from that, yeah, I'm usually the bridesmaid or second or third at all these big (laughs) meets. So it's kind of annoying, but um, I need to find out how to win because yeah i think twice i've gone into the last 500 at noosa bolt in the lead and been bloody taken over by i think the first time was geordie williams and the second time was um jack bruce or maybe ryan gregson well i was gonna ask ryan. you who's who's the king of the bolt who's is gregson one of the most you reckon he's he yeah, loves it, doesn't he has he, he got has. a place there or something um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Him, him and um, Collis probably would have won the bolt. Of, uh, maybe Benny Saint. Um, just freaks. <laughs> yeah. So it's not bad when you're getting beaten by those guys. Yeah, it must be like when I ask you these questions about the fun runs, it's just so much going through your head, right? Like it's, I'm sensing it's hard for you to recall all these runs. I like hearing about the smaller ones as well. Um, I think it's cool that you and um, the Gold Coast guys are heading up that way um, to those sort of different areas, mining areas, um, which is cool. Uh, what about, have you ever really gone to park runs? Like, are you, are you sort of at that level now where running a hard park runs maybe a bit kind of, how do you put it? Um, not frowned upon, but like, no, I've, I've, I'm not against running a quick park run. And I think like people that rule park runs out are a bit too snobby with their running because it, it's a great idea to run a hard 5K um, and then do something afterwards. But I just haven't got around to it. Like I think I ran one, um, I ran one at Sandgate when um, Bert were having their, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like club championships, but I was doing it as part of a. I was doing the half at Gold Coast that year, and so I did three by five k. So, oh, I, okay. I ran yeah. like fifteen thirty, and that was 
I was trying to run that three times. So I haven't run a quick park run. Like I've paced, I paced Celia Sullihan for one of her quick park runs, um, which was phenomenal. I think she ran like 15.50 at Kedron. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was when she was going to Com Games, but I haven't really run um, run a quick one, I don't think ever. I haven't gone out with the intention of running a really quick one. What I did do when in COVID is, you know, the 5K loop at, um, at UQ? Uh, like I haven't done the loop, but I know, yeah, there's the, the trail um, around that kind of ring road. Um, do you come yeah. back around? Is it out and back or you come back around in a kind of a loop? No, you go in a loop. So you go around the soccer fields um, through yeah. the yeah. Chancellor's Place. Um, and it's like you go up to the soccer fields and then across to the AFL ovals. Um, Chloe, Chloe's group used to do it as like their tempo run. So I just wanted to do it in COVID because I knew heaps of people have done it already and I just wanted yeah. to have a really good crack at it. So that was a, my sort of park run challenge. Yeah, COVID. sorry, who's Chloe? Chloe's group? Who are you referring Pat to? Chloe, Pat Clahesse. Yeah, okay. Um, excellent. So yeah, you've had, yeah, you've definitely had a, um, a great fun run career and you'll continue to do that with your, your passion and love for the, for the road. And yeah, like we've spoken about with you sort of looking at that, that half marathon and marathon moving forward, you never like, I asked, I did ask earlier about you working towards a half, but yeah, this day and age, you're generally not a half runner. Are you normally you'd focus on the maras and do some halves or you focus on the 10 and, and then you're doing some halves on top of that as well. Generally, I, but generally I do find you probably agree that you're either doing the road marathon and half or you're doing track stuff and then you're probably doing 10, five and three. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm trying to navigate and change a little bit because um, like uh, my mum grew up with next order Pat Carroll and so I get most of my um, like running knowledge from the books that mum used to like read and, and Pat used to um, give to mum. And all of it was about having that both that track and road focus. So Pat used to like, I'm a bit of a nerd with his stuff. He used to run um, a marathon and then like a month later, he'd run a hard 10K and he'd run like 2730 and guys like Deacon and Mona, they used to, from what I understand, I wasn't around um, when they were running really quick, but they'd run their marathon and then two weeks later they'd do a, or three weeks later they'd do a cross-country race in Italy and then they'd do a 5K. And, and I think that's the road that I want to go down, um, whereas I wouldn't pocket pigeonhole myself as a, marathon runner or a track runner i think to get the most out of myself individually i think i need to do the full circle and do everything um but yes yeah, certainly in the last couple of years it's been that you pigeonhole yourself when you go to marathon so i just i know i don't want to do that yeah but yeah i mean you've got yeah you've got some speed there but you know, you're obviously a bit off where you'd need to be to really be competitive. Um, so with, yeah, with the, 
the strong mental side that you've got and the hard work you put in and, and your fitness and then obviously using that that speed that you have uh, for the longer distances uh, yeah should should be interesting going forward but we're kind of going to go full circle and flip back to the start um, <laughs> and kind of work back to that point um, and then finish I like to finish with a with a um, 10 questions that, that are pretty much a couple word answers uh, so mate where for you where did it all start years ago from what I know you're you're kind of a late bloomer um, running only really competitive in high school is that right or did, were you running competitively in primary no I was high school pretty much yeah. um, when I was like 16 it probably kicked off me like I was all right before then but um, I was always doing like rugby or swimming or um, I played basketball for school for a little bit I played soccer I just did everything I could get my hands on I played a lot of touch footy um, back in the day actually and so I was never really into early specialization um, and my parents weren't either so they wanted me to do everything so when I was 16 I broke my wrist playing rugby and like like Harry Potter broke it it was like an S bend um, it was pretty gnarly and, and so I went to training the next day or a couple of days later um, and Lloyd Way, the coach of Churchy back in the day, pretty much said, if you <laughs> play rugby again, then you're not coming back to cross country. Because um, I was all right at the time, but I would always get injured. And so he was just sick of it. Um, yeah, and injured, so yeah, through that, other, uh, injured through other sports? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah um because I was too small pretty much but yeah so when I was 16 17 I started to take it a lot more seriously and that was my only um sport yeah so from there it kicked off I guess yeah so was that pretty was it pretty natural like why why did you pursue running over the other sports did you start to realize you had some kind of ability in it or do you think it was just kind of luck of the draw in in the story that you just told us yeah it was mostly because I was good at it and like 16 year old kid um you do the things that you're good at because <laughs> it comes easy um but yeah I never really I guess I didn't enjoy it to the level that I enjoy it now um but I just kept going because I thought of, I was all right at it yeah so like it's it's always for running though it's such a it's at school it's obviously a very team-based sport but when you compare it to sports like rugby basketball cricket all those big team sports it's it's a lot more individual and probably seen as a lot more um niche and unique so was there any part of you that like was there a battle to be doing those other sports with your mates and the fact that you like them versus pursuing something that you were you were good at yeah it's funny like when I look back at it I um I like the idea of team sports because you could hide everything <laughs> on there and and yeah. like um like I was a um I was a halfback in rugby so I could just you know like every minute or minute and a half I could do something else and I could go hide somewhere else and I like that but then I hate that in running like you you can't I love the fact that you can't hide in running. So I don't know why 
that swapped for me. Um, but yeah, I did like um, uh, like those team sports because all my mates were doing it. Um, but then they actually all went into the cross country team. So I just followed them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like even look at myself and even at that point in time, I was probably a, a slower runner than you probably always have been, always will be. But um, <laughs> I fought the same battle. I think I played about eight sports in year 12 at Morris College, Ashgrove in Brisbane. Um, but I was at the time, I, I was the strongest runner in the grade. Admittedly, yeah. I don't think the grade was very quick at running, but I was the quickest. <laughs> um, but I did, I did fight that battle too. And I, I think as an adult, I've actually really enjoyed running because of its simplicity. And I've, I used to get so nervous before those team sports, not letting your mates down. Um, obviously, skills and coordination involved, whereas running's just you on the road, your joggers, and you can just get it done and enjoy it with less fuss, less pressure. Um, has that kind of a concept been involved with you? To, uh, has that grown to really enjoy running, to see it more than just racing and being competitive? Yeah, yeah, it has, um, especially over the last couple of years. Like, like you said, I love the simplicity of it, and I am a pretty simple guy. So, I, I just, I love the fact that you can, you don't have to dress it up, you don't have to put like sports science into it. It's just you get out what you put in. And I was reading this book the other day that um, pretty much just said the way that you get better at running is by running more. Like it's that simple. Um, and I, I like the fact that, yeah, you get out what you put in and, um, that's come really to the forefront probably over the last couple of years, um, which, yeah, I, I just, I don't think I really saw the value of that until I finished college, but yeah. 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 We'll get to that shortly too, particularly around, um, yeah, the enjoyment of it away from the racing competing. Um, so yeah, moving from end of high school into the American stuff, you, you touched on it earlier. Um, how, how did you arrange that and organize moving over to, to the colleges there? And that was two years, right? Yes. Yeah, two and a half, three, I think. So three, yeah. Which, and which college and was that, was that with Jack Curran? Like were you yep. both on the plane together literally, and then both on the plane back? Yeah. Yeah. So he lasted 18 months and then I was another year. And I think, I can't remember the date. I was either a year or a year and a half later than him. Um, so, but he was really injured. So he came home just cause like he ran probably a month of the 18 months that he was there. Um, yeah, I organized it all myself. Like I knew I wanted to go over to America and then, um, my coach at the time was retiring. So he said, do what you need to do. Like I'm leaving and retiring. So if you want to keep running, um, I would suggest going over to America. And so um, I got it through Jaden Russ, actually. He, um, his coaches were at the school that I went to, which is Boise State um, in Idaho. And yeah, he put me onto them and got the process going and yeah i was over there so i started the process in maybe january of the year that i was out so 2014 and then 
um, I think I signed a letter of intent or like the all the papers in March. So it was a pretty quick process. And mum and dad were <laughs> um, like, I, I sort of leaned on them at the start to try and get a little bit of help. And then they were like, you want to go over there, then you do it all yourself. So um, it was really fun. Like I, it was really cool going through and emailing all these coaches and um, putting my name out there and trying to chase the dream. Um, yeah, so that was that's how that happened. Yeah, and, and so what sort of times were you putting forward? What performances um, were good performances, you know, that end of year 12 or year 12 yeah, uh, time, I, time in your life? Yeah, I ran 8.30 at the end of grade 12, <laughs> the 3K. Did you, run, um, did you was, compete in that at GPS? The 3,000 No, meters? I was in the 1,500 at GPS. So we had a really good age group. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no one doubled. Um, it was just we had so much depth yeah. that um, didn't need to. So uh, I ran the 1,500. Um, and I think by the end of school, my 1,500 was 355. So that was what I put through yeah, 8.30 and then 14.44 um, for the 5K. So those were the times that I leaned on. And there are a lot of people in Brisbane right now that are um, that are smashing those times, which is awesome. But I think the, um, the ballpark figures probably changed over the last couple of years. Yeah, I was thinking that. College. Yeah, like... Yeah, I used to think breaking four was a big in the fifteen hundred um, in the land of Brisbane. Uh, <laughs> school running was a really, and it's still obviously a very quick time. But yeah, what I've learned working at Churchy in the last few years is that that low that low three fifties, um, yeah. if not quicker, will will definitely win. If you're slower than that, you won't. You can't guarantee a win um, yeah. in a fifteen hundred. And, and what about the 5K? Where where'd you do that? Because doing a 5K um, as a Brisbane schoolboy is a difficult thing to arrange because it's either 6K cross country or a 3,000 on a track. Was that just like yeah, a, I, a QSAC meet, end of the year or something? Yeah, I think it was January of 2014. So oh, I was okay. a, yep. a month out of school. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 No, that's great. So you, you came back in 20. 14, 15, 2015 then? Um, I left in 2014. So I came back in in 2017 or oh, the start of off. 2017. Yeah, I'm way off. I keep forgetting <laughs> uh, how young you are. <laughs> yeah, 2017. Um, yeah, okay. So I wonder where that twilight, um, what year that was that I was talking about. I think it was 2017 or 18. Was Either one of those. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's been a whirlwind couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me too. Um, yeah, obviously I've been doing a lot with coaching and running myself. Um, so thereafter, what, did you come straight back to train with the Gold Coast for Unco? Or were they not around then at that point in time in 2017? Nah, Jacko um, started that in, I think, September of 2017. Oh, so... okay, yeah. 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 I came back early from college because I just saw myself going down this. Um, I don't know. The people that I was with were interesting. So 
I, I just didn't want to become one of them. And so I like pulled the pin and I knew I wanted to run still. So that was my motivation to go home to run to sort of prove um, the people wrong at college um yeah that okay. started care, out like care that, to share any more on that you, you seem you're holding like you're holding back a little bit do you mean they get caught <laughs> up in other stuff like partying or you mean too serious about no running? no no it was like a really weird weird environment like um the so like for example if i wanted to hang out with the soccer people on a saturday night um my the track and field people would be like why are you hanging out with those people I'm actually allowed to have other friends (laughs) so uh and they just didn't take kindly to it and and there was a lot of like if you're with someone for seven days a week I love the fact that um you can go back to your own place and like I'm pretty um introverted so like I love my own space and I love my independence and I think that just gets gets kept getting cut short like um in the yeah as like in a nutshell um you just had no time on your own and then the people there were average uh (laughs) it was there was just a lot of mix of mix of people and a lot of I think the problem with our team is there are a lot of like alphas a lot of um big personalities in this is in the actual flash. track the, out of the track runners not not from other sports yeah yeah out yep. of the track team um so it just clashed a lot and I that's not that's of, not was, just an american thing is it well <laughs> yeah I, well we had a lot of um internationals on the team and yeah yeah and they were definitely like part of the problem uh, and i probably was towards the end of it and so i just thought like i don't want to be known as this type of person and I don't want to like then just follow along with that so I cut it short and went I want to come home um originally I wanted to transfer and this is why I say that I wanted to prove people wrong like um we had this thing where you'd have to be released by your coach to then transfer to another school um so I had to go in to meet with the coach and so I went in there and said um I really thanks like for your opportunity for the opportunity, but like I want to transfer and go somewhere else. And he pretty much said like, I made you so I can break you. (laughs) um, So I was like, okay, I'm going home then I guess. Um, Yeah. So it was, it was an abrupt end, but like I could not be more thankful for it. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad I asked you that because like, you know, in life, we can paint such pretty pictures of things that we do, and you, you know that. And, and social media is often to blame for that. When we see in anything outside running, too, that things look so perfect and well. And you started the whole thing by saying it was amazing, but um, yeah, if I hadn't pushed you there, we wouldn't have got to that. And it's good yeah. to hear the challenges because there'd obviously be. Oh, I'm hoping um, people listen, listening in who are a bit younger as well, um, and maybe even some schoolboys as well who, who might or girls listening and getting an understanding about what challenges may be faced. And particularly, like you said, having challenges being a bit more introverted and, and, and personality clashes in that environment. Yeah. It'd be, um, yeah, I, I don't miss that whole school. I, I don't have a, a college experience, but 
the whole school experience. You know, gone there, done that. I, like I enjoyed that. the space that I have now in my life, um, and I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're enjoying that with the Gold Coast guys. So let's get to the Gold Coast crew because, yeah, as you said, they started at the end of 2017. Um, and that was founded by Jackson Elliott, right? Yeah, Jackson and um, Andrew Stalling, who was um, a teacher at TSS, um, who'd done, he was the director of cross country at um, Churchy before uh, Michael Science. Michael Science, yeah. Yeah, and then he was the director at TSS and he um, just worked a lot with like running communities and he thought, why not take it out into the corporate world? So that was the idea behind it. Yeah, so was the idea bringing together, um, to bring, uh, creating a space for other, for quick runners to train at? Because I do know now it's, it's got an extended group of recreational runners who enjoy their runners but are admittedly enjoy their running but are admittedly slower. Was the intention to create a fast group? No, it was it was the opposite. So <laughs> like, right. Jacko had his he had us as a group um, that he would always like keep. And then um, Stolo wanted the social runners to mix with us and then um, do their own stuff and it just worked out that it would be better for the social runners to run with socially and then for us to run competitively so it's sort of um i guess it would just be doing the best of both worlds so stall is really good with social runners and jacko is really good with competitive runners so yeah and so what's um what's stallo's full name and background for us who, who don't andrew know stalling yeah. yeah. And what's his background? Uh, he, he's a teacher. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, at so TSS? He, yeah. Yeah. He'd yeah. still be there now. Um, yeah. He started teaching at Churchy um, and then loved the coast. So a job came up at TSS and um, he took it. Uh, and he was involved with, yeah, the cross country stuff at Churchy and then the cross-country stuff at TSS. So he was the director of cross-country when I was in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just one of those guys that, like, there's – I think there's something intangible about it that you can't put your finger on why he's so good, but when you're – when he like, when you're working with him and when he's talking to you, it's just like, this guy's a freak. I don't know what it is, but um, he, he just knows people and he connects – with people really well yeah it's great to hear and yeah, interesting uh for me kind of a surprise and almost revolutionary that it was an idea to to cater for the slower runners um yeah. so what does a session look like then do you guys actually all meet at the same time and then break out or is it like the sessions are posted at some point uh before the week or month and and the faster groups meeting here and, and the social group at a different time and spot how does that operate? So yeah, the social group is they're their own um, group. So they yeah. they've got their own um, sessions and they do everything on their own. And then we, as a uh, like the high performance squad, it's called. Um, which I don't love that word, but anyway, uh, we meet. Um, Jacko tells us each week where we're meeting, and then he'll give us the session 
on the morning. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Like as you may or may not know, I used to coach and founded the West End Running Group in Brisbane back in 2014, I think it was. Um, and we just had a social group. You know, our quickest runner uh, often was me actually. And at the time, I was running like you know an 18 minute something 5k. So, you know, for someone who doesn't run, that looks rather quick. But it's um, not. Yeah. I'm far far from an elite runner. So like. Is it, do you think the social group gets something out of having the quicker guys? Do you guys ever uh, talk to each other or um, run any guest sessions or anything like that with them? Yeah, we do cross paths, um, probably leading up to Gold Coast more than anything because yeah. they'll always see us running in um, Gold Coast Runco gear. So it's just good that we um, connect with them because we're part of the same group. Um, we, we've done a few guest things, um, to start with, but I always feel uncomfortable about it just cause like we're all doing the same thing and they're, they probably know more about running than I do. So <laughs> I always feel uncomfortable sharing my knowledge. Um, cause I'm like, you guys know what you need to do, but I think Stolo said that they do get a lot out of, um, I guess the way that we train, um, but yeah, it's it's we do try and um, connect up every now and then, but it's not like every week. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in terms of are these are the social guys, is that some kind of payment arrangement for them to be part of the club, or is it a, a voluntary thing? No, it's um, it's all paid. So yeah, it's the same sort of uh, like a. 25 minute 5k run is getting the same out of it as I am. Um, yeah. He's coming down three times a week. He'll be getting the same out of it as I would if I went down three times a week. Oh, definitely. I totally understand that. Um, and care to share any sort of pricing around it? Generally running in a group, um, well, from what I know, when I set my prices for runners with the West End Running Group, it was like somewhere between seven and ten dollars uh for a session depending on like a pack um yeah I think how does some... how does that work with the gold coast runco uh, yeah, that's i have no idea um yeah yeah I, it would all be on the website and i'm sure yeah. it'd be easy to track down i just yeah. um i know what i pay jacko and like i was gonna know, ask you are they paying you to train there mate no <laughs> not at all no not that elitist <laughs> yeah so would it be a different payment arrangement from the performance group to social group then i'd say so i th I know that um jacko loves to put this one out there that we're not making him money which is <laughs> fair enough like well mate i reckon he, he's gonna be one of the richest um like social competitive running coaches in queensland and yeah. he's, he's a isn't he a boarding house master as well yep. or, yeah and he's a director of cross country and track and field or just cross country just cross country yeah, yeah the point still stands and then yeah. he's founded gold coast runco and he's the coach and he's a father and a husband yeah 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 he's pretty he's a legit guy <laughs> crazy so yeah let's talk quickly about him if you don't mind sharing some things and i'm sure he he'll probably listen to this interview so <laughs> yeah he will you might need to be careful about what you say, but I mean, you guys have formed a pretty, pretty good relationship, both as um, friends, teachers, 
a coach to running relationship. So what makes him um, so good at his job as a coach of the Gold Coast Runco? I think it's the same thing as Stolo. Like you talk to him and, and it's like that intangible thing where you can't quite put your finger on it. You don't know exactly what it is, but he just connects <laughs> with, um, with everyone. And like, I've known him for um, a while now and I like, I'm very comfortable. I think the best thing about him is that he doesn't take anything to heart. And like, if I can, if I think something and I'll say it, he'll cop it on the chin and then he'll give me um, his version back. And he's very adaptable to, um, to our training and our bodies. Um, and I think it's really important like to have that, um, that level of comfortability with a coach. Like I'm very, I can tell him whatever, whatever's on my mind and, um, I don't need to water it down. Um, he just cops it on the chin and tells me either shut up and do your work or, or let's work through this. So yeah, it's good to have a sounding board like that. That's pretty honest and open. Um, yeah, to feedback and. I think that's probably why I've kept with him so long. Um, and coming back to Brisbane, like people have asked, oh, are you still going to run with Gold Coast Runco? And there's really no doubt in my mind that I will just because um, it's way more than Jacko and I and it's way more than um, than me to, to have that sort of relationship. And I think um, like... That's why I'll still be at Gold Coast Run Co. And I think that's why a lot of people from Brisbane love going down because he just creates that sort of environment. Yeah. And do you think that's, is that a product of, do you think his background in running? We didn't talk about that earlier too, because you almost, he's almost comparable to you in a way in the, in, in what he, what events he runs, um, his success in the sport, it, like, I'm thinking of his events. Wasn't he like he was mainly a road runner, wasn't he? Running fives and tens. Yeah. So his he was a late bloomer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He he was really good in school and then um took a couple of years away to go to Portugal and live the life and um then came back and started to get back into running. Um so I think by the time he was of the age where he could get back into running, track just wasn't on his mind so he was yeah a wave of a road runner but yeah, he's still pretty yeah. quick i think you're in like 13 54 on the track yeah would he care if you shared his age to us or not no not at all he's an old um he's, he's not uh, mid-40s like, is he yeah he's 40 this year oh okay i've, I've guessed way too high sorry mate if um you're listening <laughs> Jacko. um yeah obviously yeah still moving super well um yeah so his running background coupled with teaching too and and you know we both know we're both teachers that um to be in the classroom or out of that classroom for that matter coaching whatever it is you've got to have um patience and empathy and understanding of whomever you're working with and i i'm not perfect i've gotten trouble many times with um my work but you know i guess if you're getting it right most of the time then that's the main thing. And it seems like um, Jacko is doing that, which is, which is really good to hear. 
yeah, super busy guy. Um, yeah, I thought I was busy, but he's got a couple kids, right? Yeah, he's got two. Yeah. 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 I guess um, 45, if you consider the grade seven <laughs> kids, which I think like being the boarding house master of those kids, you probably would consider them as a job. Yeah, there's just those guys in this world who just can't, they can't stop at one thing. And I'm talking like at the same time, uh, you know, as guys I work with and women for that matter that I can think of that they just to fulfill their life, they need to be doing so many things yeah. and do well at it. You know what I mean? And I yeah. do, do a lot of things, but I, I do sometimes question how well I'm doing at it, but um, it's pretty inspirational to hear. So what, in terms of the quicker group there at Gold Coast Run Co, what, what does um, Monday to Sunday look like for your sessions? And I don't, you know, this question gets thrown around a lot on podcasts. I don't want to spend too much time on all the details, but just a rough guide on um, what you guys do um, within that time span in the week. So Monday and Friday would have easy runs. Um, yeah. And they would just be 60 minutes or 70 minutes, just like yeah. fillers. Um, Wednesday, Sunday would be Wednesday's medium long run. So anywhere from 75 to 90 minutes and then long run would be anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours 15. Yeah. Um, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday is where we do our sessions. So three sessions uh, a week. Wow. Yeah. So, well, for me going into this marathon block, I'll do Tuesday, Friday and then have Sunday as my long run session so i'll do like a 34 35 k run um, yep, and but saturday easy yeah so that's yep. just specifically to me yeah um just for the marathon but yeah tuesday thursday saturday sessions so tuesday we'd do a fartlek um thursday we do a tempo or hills and then saturday we'd do something quicker on the track or we'd do 1k reps um or sometimes we mix it and go saturday threshold thursday hills just depends on um what jacko's feeling and and what the group needs yeah no it's great um and it's like it's so interesting and the reason why i bring up before i'd ask you that question um going into it being a little bit uh hesitant to ask about it because it is a question as i said thrown around on a lot of running podcasts and i do listen to a few it's because i often find the same answer to it yeah. in 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 runners of a similar ability to you but what is there anything different that you guys do if you're happy to share that you can think of or do you think it's just sticking to what's known best in you know brisbane australian running and worldly running in what is working for other athletes yeah i'm like you like i don't think we do anything different and i don't think we need to do anything different yeah yeah i think success comes from consistency and if you're not doing the 95 percent right which is the running part then you can put all the one percenters in the world in and still not going to be good enough so we don't do anything over like overly complicated, um, but it's 
turning up every day and doing it. I think that's the thing that we have drilled into us. Yeah. Okay. I'll just, um, before we move on, just ask you quickly about the hill running because I was listening to, um, I think it was Inside Running. They're probably my favorite podcast. Um, so if they ever, do ever listen to me, which I doubt they will, being a minority here in Brisbane, um, they'll like that. But yeah, uh, anyway, they've, they were talking about, they're talking to a coach and I've forgotten his name. He's an older coach. You might listen to it. Um, he was talking about Falls Creek a lot and running back in the day, marathon running. Can you think of any names on top of your head? That Is it Len Johnson? Oh, it doesn't ring a bell. Oh, um, Rabs. What's his name? Rabs. Rabs. That's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, what's his full name? Chris Wardlaw. He's like Chris the... Wardlaw. Yeah. And he, oh, he, yeah. it was a great interview. I was hanging off every single thing he was saying. I'm just nodding my head, walking around, doing some gardening on my own, like some weirdo. But they spoke about hills, right? And, and arguing why all the records from 1500 up. 800 hasn't been broken in a while, has it in Australia, but 1500 up to the half marathon have all been broken other than the marathon and an issue with not running enough heels. I think you're a good guy to ask because you're moving towards the marathon. You're running one this year. Do you plan to add any more heels into your running? But when I ask that to some listeners might not know that the Gold Coast is very flat. So the question like, it, the argument is, do you need to run hills if the race is flat or not? Because the hills could make you run quicker on the flat or do you only need to run hills when there's hills in the, in the race? No, I think you need to run hills all the time. Yeah. I, like, I, I agree completely with him. I think it adds that level of strength that you don't get from gym or whatever because you're just you're working muscle groups that you wouldn't necessarily work and you're strengthening them, um, especially when you're going up the hill. Um, but I need to include more hills. Like we've got Daisy Hill right there, like 15 minutes away, 20 minutes away. Yeah. So Southside's got a few hilly areas. Daisy Hill's one of them. Like yeah, super, White's super hill hilly. Is... Yeah, White's Hill, um, yeah. Tui Forest. Yeah. Yeah, I used to live around Mount Cravat. So Tui Forest was close. Um, But yeah, I think every Wednesday, every Wednesday I try and do a hilly run and every Sunday I try and do hills. So... um, So your easy run on Wednesday is hills? Should be over hills. Yeah. 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 And then, and incorporating hills into the Sunday... Because a lot of, a lot of runners, are, do you think, are scared to do that, particularly in easier runs because it might affect sessions and even elite runners? Yeah. You think that's why really it's not done? that much. <laughs> yeah, like me too, uh, mate. I used to do everything, almost everything flat. And then I was thinking, well, when can I do them? Um, Sunday in a long run, like who cares what pace you're running? Just jump over a few hills. What's, it's not going to hurt you. And then easy runs I've always been tentative on because you want to – recover for sessions but i mean if you're doing them over and over and over your body will adapt won't it and then all of a sudden you're doing hills more often so is that the plan then wednesday and sunday no more hills through the week then oh yeah i try and incorporate hills wherever like i i grew up in mount which is a very hilly area so what i consider hills 
people would like I don't know be shocked like I try and get 300 meters on a good day um in the hills that'd be yeah 90 minutes so yeah 19 20k yeah 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 um so what about hilly tempos like I I, I personally think that there's any hill session or hill run we're talking about that's gone amiss over the years is probably the reluctance to do a hilly session or a tempo. I think often to blame is first and foremost, the run will be slower and anyone hearing about it, seeing it on Strava will get the impression that maybe that run isn't as quick as they should be. So maybe it's the pressures of social media um, and everything in life where we're a bit more criticized these days compared to the past where they just went and did a run and a few mates would find yeah. out that they've run with or talk about or family. Do you think that might be a. Yeah. Yeah. I think social media, like as good as it is with being able to share runs and having that information sharing um, option, it does create that. Um, what is it? Like when people like don't share their easy runs on Strava, I always look at that and like, <laughs> Why, like, does it really matter what your easy runs are? But they obviously are pretty insecure about themselves and can't share something that's not fast. Um, but yeah, I think having that Strava there does um, create some problems with just turfing sessions that don't look good. Yeah, yeah, uh, I definitely think it's. I think it's a something we need to think about in running moving forward, particularly at the elite level. Um, let alone the recreational level where if someone's wanting to improve, like I only coach at school level now, but if I was to um, write programs and coach one day out of school, which I do still intend to do, I would definitely be considering use of more hills. What would be very quickly a very typical hill session then that you could recommend a tempo or or reps over hills? Yeah, (laughs) I'd do like a 7K tempo over hills, 7, 8K tempo, or we do six by three minutes which i think is probably a bit too much for some people but any like 10 to 12 minutes on a hill is probably like the optimum amount um we just do a little bit more because gonna have to that could range from 20 to 30 35 minutes for runners depending on their speed yep yeah yeah cool Well, Louis, thanks for your time in part one of part two of your episode as a runner here in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, Very much looking forward to part two being uploaded as an extension of episode three. So again, um, much appreciate your time. I'm sure those listening in uh, would also join me in being grateful for the words that you've shared and insights into your training. So thanks, mate. Thanks, Good luck with your next few weeks of running, eh? Yeah, thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye.